There are so many things that we as humans don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. So I'm here to take you on this exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hello, enlightened souls, or shall I say empaths, because today I got the download from Spirit that we need to talk about all things empathy which is obviously where the word empath comes from. Empath has become such a buzzword, even on social media, on my Explore page. It's like all these beautiful imagery, pictures of butterflies and stars and moons and everything is empath, empath, empath. I think even one of my social media posts got the most attraction it's ever gotten. I had a long paragraph on empaths and our feelings and how to protect ourselves. And that is kind of where I'm tapping in for this episode today. So, okay, let's talk about things that identify you as an empath. You know, empaths are people who are very intuitive and very in touch with moods and feelings of other people. So an empath can walk into a room and instantly absorb basically any type of energetic shift or energetic mood that just plays in the room. So that's why a lot of empaths, it's really hard for them to be in big crowds of people, even concerts. uh, You know, you walk in and you just feel everything that everyone is feeling could be good, but a lot of times it is very overwhelming for an empath. Also, does anyone remember concerts? That was fun. Pre-COVID times. Like, what does it feel like to be in a crowd of people? I guess one of the best things about quarantine was the protection of empaths, right? We're getting a little bit of a break now, but we still need to be empowered empaths to go out into the world. So what else defines an empath? Okay, it is impossible for you not to care. Empaths care so, so deeply about everything and everyone. They don't ever want to hurt anyone's feelings. That also is why empaths fall into the people-pleasing category. They don't want to have conflict with anybody. It's just they'd rather just not confront it, not speak up for themselves. They would rather just lay low because that confrontation gives them so much anxiety because they just don't like the conflict. They would rather people-please into the high heavens because they don't want anyone else's feelings to get hurt. (laughs) Does this sound familiar? Okay, another thing about an empath. You are very sensitive. So we talked about the overwhelming crowds, but it also has a lot to do with sounds and light and temperature. There's a lot of these things that empaths just absolutely tune into and it's hard for them not to ignore these things. And that's just because empaths are literal sponges. They can go anywhere and just sponge up all of this activity and energy and emotions and heaviness as well as light, sound, (laughs) wherever they go. So that's why they are such sensitive 
beings. And that also attracts a lot of very interesting people into the empath's life. Like, hmm, let's say energy vampires. Um, There are a lot of people that just spill information and baggage onto the empath. So if you're an empath, it's very possible. Actually, it's 100% a given that people will literally unpack all of their baggage and their problems onto you and just spill the beans without you even asking for any of this information. When I started my practice, I mean, I was getting long paragraphs of people that don't even know me, didn't even have a session yet, and they were just spilling the tea. So that is very common for an empath. You just kind of are this open vessel where, you know, there are people that want to just take advantage and spill, spill, spill. And that is very hard for an empath because they feel what you're feeling on this deep level. So if someone's, you know, talking or spilling their beans about their divorce, I mean, it's very possible for an empath to go home to cry, to feel their heart being broken because of someone else's problem. And unfortunately, the empath has to do a lot of work around detaching from other people's pain. And this can draw in, like I said, energy vampires. And it also draws in a lot of narcissists, which I'll cover a whole other episode. The empath narcissist connection is a very common one and is a very toxic and horrible relationship but happens very often because the empath loves to give, the narcissist loves to take. It's a whole cycle of abuse. But let's talk about how the empath becomes the empath. And I actually looked up a few studies on this because I wanted to give a really concrete example. And there was a few neurological studies done And I want to read you this excerpt. There was over, in this study alone, over 65 different case studies for empathy in adults. It states here, developmental evidence indicates that the capacity for empathy emerges across the first years of life through complex interactions between the child's biological disposition and the quality of their caregiving. So in my practice, I see two different types of empaths. The first empath is one that had a very codependent relationship with mom or dad, where maybe the mom or dad had a lot of anxiety or some sort of attachment issue of their own. So they basically made their kid they're everything and that puts so much pressure on the child to perform and to really be aware of what mom and dad is feeling so they can I guess show up and hold space for the parent and it puts just a lot of pressure on the empath. The other category I see in some of my clients and I identify as this type of empath is an individual or a child that has some sort of neglect in childhood. Mom and dad didn't express their love. Maybe they were avoidant. Maybe they didn't exactly show up the way the child needed. And through this, I guess, isolation, the child becomes hyper aware of the empty room, the things that aren't being said, the things that are missing. And just like the other empath, they do everything they can to please mom or dad so that they can kind of show up in this loving way. This empath too 
is gaslighted in a lot of ways for being too sensitive or overdramatic when truthfully they are just a sponge for everyone else in the family who is not expressing their needs and emotions and putting it onto the child. And because the empath is so used to this type of behavior, later in life they will draw in and attract a lot of emotionally unavailable partners just like their family treated them and that's kind of the homeostasis that an empath believes is love. So a lot of this between the two empaths is super psychosomatic and happens on a very subconscious level, but since there is neglect and trauma in some sort of way, the child evolves into a very sensitive being, and that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really big blessing, but if you don't know about it um, as an empath, it can really torture your life in some ways. You know, you can have really bad boundaries and let people walk all over you. But I see empaths hit this breaking point and it goes either of two ways that I've noticed. The one way is over-emotional. And listen, I don't think having emotions is a bad thing. I think healthy emoting is so appropriate and needed in your life. You absolutely have to purge and get out your emotions. Otherwise, they become trapped. Anger can turn into depression. All types of things can happen. But when an empath is over-emotional, it's because they're at their bandwidth for taking other people's energies. So this happened to me a few times where even the most simple of tasks can overwhelm you to the point where you have a mental breakdown, lie on the floor, and cry. This has happened to me over something as simple as like ordering food or doing the laundry. You don't even realize that the breakdown isn't really about the task as much as it's about the overwhelm of other people onto you that you just can't do it anymore. You absolutely can't. You There is a threshold that happens. The other empath that is at a threshold as well is one that is very under-emotional and will go through tons and tons of activities to distract themselves from the true, I guess, remembering of their own intuition. That both of them have to do with people-pleasing, by the way. So even if you are an under-emotional empath, you are on autopilot and you go through motions of things to constantly please other people just because that's all you know to do. So sitting alone with your feelings or thoughts feels very uncomfortable for this type of empath because they don't know what their life's like without other activity, without other people in their aura because they don't understand that they have their own autonomy and their own life. This can become really scary because a lot of times these empaths are drawn to more addictive behaviors like alcohol, drug abuse, things like that can really happen if an empath is unaware of their gifts and what they need to do to protect themselves. So if you're an empath and you're feeling one of these extremes, if you are overly emotional and touchy that you are crying at the drop of the hat, or if you're an empath that feels deeply for other people but is in robot mode, you can't even cry if you mustered up a tear to anything because you're so numb from society. I've put together five tips that can really help you align back to your own empath beauty and your soul purpose and get you out of the people-pleasing mode. So number one, 
boundaries. This is so much easier said than done, but it is so critical for an empath, especially like I said before, when people dump and dump and dump onto you, it really is impeding on an emotional boundary. And also it's just kind of (laughs) rude, like really it is. So saying no, thank you, saying no, not answering a text message, not answering a long rant, not having to be available for the friend that's broken up with her boyfriend for the 15th time, that is not selfish. That is you protecting your own energy and not taking in from either toxic energy or even if a friend is going through something, you can absolutely care about them without carrying. That is like the empath motto, care without carrying, right? Don't be afraid to say no thank you or not right now or just straight up don't respond until you are ready and have had plenty of time to, I guess, take that in. And for me, boundaries look like turning off my phone when I don't want to talk to anybody or putting it on do not disturb, putting my phone in the other room, not answering emails until I've nourished myself, stretched, done an exercise, things like that that are really small putting into place. Empaths feel so guilty when they're not answering right away when people need them, but it's okay if you answer back whenever you can, or if you don't feel like answering, you can even say something along the lines of like, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. Instead of saying, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way, what can I do for you? Okay, so the boundaries start small, but trust me, by putting them into place one by one by one, you're truly protecting yourself from any type of energetic vampire. So number two, this goes a lot with number one, alone time. You absolutely need alone time to decompress. And it is a bonus if you are alone in your own auric field. Because you are a sponge, it does take a little longer for you to kind of shake out the energy of other people and not, I guess, take that in with you through the night, through the day, etc. So the more time you have to decompress in your own aura to, like I said, nourish yourself, put the phone in the other room, do things that you love. If it's journaling, writing, anything like that, maybe if it's just taking a walk that gets you back into your alone time, that's really, really good for you. Number three, give yourself time. Time is such a gift. You feel like you absolutely need to solve the problem right away to be relieved of pressure. But in the alone time, number two, and with the boundaries, number one, you have this time to access your own energy and ask yourself, what do I really want? Like what truly at the end of the day, shift the focus back from how can I help someone else? How can I make sure they like me? How can I people please? How can I overextend myself to really truly be there for someone? How can you go above and beyond for yourself? What you would do for someone else? Can you do that for yourself? Can you give yourself your availability, your time, your space, your heart? I think it's very difficult for empaths to turn inward, but that's exactly where the healing needs to happen. And it's very cliche, but you can't love someone else unless you love yourself first. So remember that. 
Number three, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I think as an empath, you're so sensitive, but you're also sensitive to criticism. And don't let anyone else's opinions or projections impact you to the point where you lower your own self-worth. You are so worthy of everything you desire. You're so lovable and deserving. So don't let that self-sabotage, that inner critic, tell you otherwise. Otherwise, give yourself grace and give yourself self love. You know, the love that you have for yourself is greater than any love you'll feel from anyone else. So just remember not to compare yourself to anybody else's journey, not to dismiss how far you've come. A lot of empaths won't celebrate their successes because they just feel like, oh, well, the other shoe is going to drop. No matter how happy I can. I am or whatever I achieve, it just won't be good enough. Maybe because that's what they learned through conditioning growing up. But I'm here to remind you that is absolutely not true. And you can manifest everything you want just by really feeling yourself, getting that confidence and be easy on yourself. We all make mistakes. You've gone through a tremendous amount of hardship in your life. And that doesn't mean that you don't deserve success and greatness. Number four. So this is about psychic protection and just protection in general because of the, uh, I guess, lightness of your soul and the beautiful giving nature that you have. I've talked about it again and again, where you are kind of a, a target for some of these lower vibrational energies just because you are such a high vibrant being and that does attract some darkness to the light. So I suggest doing a really nice salt bath. So any type of Epsom salt or just pure, you know, table salt is super helpful for protection, but also hella relaxing. And if you want, you can spice it up, get some lavender oil, um, you know, any type of peppermint oil or rosemary in your bath. This purifying and cleansing exercise is really good to get off any uh, negative energy or ions that have kind of clung on to you throughout the day. Also, imagine a really pure, beautiful white light extending from the sky and the heavens and surrounding you in this really nice wrapped blanket, white light blanket or cocoon. Make sure it's covering your head as well. That type of protection spell um, that you put upon yourself is really really just for your own energetic field and your own protection. So before I go out into the day or even before a client session, I'll always wrap myself in the white light. Take as much time to visualize and manifest this as possible because skipping that step can really alter you. And the fifth step, the fifth thing I think is so important for empaths is getting back into your creativity and doing something that's very childlike. I recommend coloring, painting, watching a funny movie, brings back um, some sort of fun lightness back into your life. You can even, you know, play music or dance around your room. 
do cartwheels or somersaults in your front lawn, go for a walk. If you're feeling like you really want to connect to the earth, I will always suggest grounding yourself through putting your feet or hands in soil or on the grass, in the dirt. Don't care how messy or dirty you get. It is so worth it to kind of get back to your soul purpose. And those five tips will really bring you into this beautiful awareness and you will up level so quickly. There is nothing more powerful than an empath that has their shit together because they have empathy and so much love and care to give, but they also don't have this like empty tank to give it from. And if you truly feel like you are an empath, this is resonant with you, stand by that Bible, those five things. I promise you, you're going to start to feel so much better. And if you can't commit to all five, commit to number one, boundaries. Boundaries are so important in your life and so important for everybody. We live in this day and age where you can be available at the palm of your hands every freaking second and that is unhealthy. We have to have time to set back and take time for our own selves before we put other people ahead of us. And if there's anyone in your life that feels truly toxic and, and they're truly putting energy onto you and you can't take it and it's maybe a friend or a family member I suggest wrapping them in their own light source their own white light cocoon sometimes you know people will say oh send them light okay I love that but send them to their own light you have your own light you're wrapped in it and truly nothing can come into your aura if you don't let it but send them back to their light source you'd be amazed by what kind of shifts will start to happen when you've adhered to your boundaries and when you're sending people to back to their own light truly sit back and see because you're about to be this high vibrational badass empath and you're about to rule the world with your big caring loving heart okay well this was such a pleasure as always to connect with you if you want to hit me up go to my instagram slide into my dms i'm at spirit underscore sis or you can find me on my website which is spiritsis.com Until next time, keep your boundaries airtight. Love ya.